What's happening, everybody? It is Thursday at noon, which means it is time for the Greenhouse Effect. If you are listening to us on uh, on Spotify, this happens every Thursday at noon. Check us out on Facebook Live. This, these, uh, and yes, for those of you who are listening on Facebook, you can now listen on Spotify. All right, so we've got a, a really interesting show today. As usual, the the greenhouse effect is a a podcast that looks at uh, all of the things that are happening in the daily zeitgeist and uh, and looks at it from a multicultural point of view. Um, and that multicultural point of view is mine. All right? So these are my opinions, except when we have a guest. And today we have a guest. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, it's always it's it's always a busy week here in the greenhouse. Uh, so we are, as you can tell, I am upstairs in the attic instead of downstairs in the basement where we normally record from because um, you know we, we're still having work done in the basement. So like, unless you want to hear the sound of a contractor pounding away uh, in in the basement, this is where we're going to be. So. Uh, we are, it looks still up, up here in the attic and, um, but we also have a different look because today we're having a guest on and I still cannot figure out how to add somebody from the desktop version of a live broadcast on Facebook. So um, I'm on my phone. And so if it sounds different, it's because I'm on my phone, and uh, well, I can still see all my good friends. I got Eris and Hayden chiming in. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I am also wearing my Brooklyn Nets shirt. See my my Brooklyn Nets shirt because my Nets are are, are tearing it up, uh, and by tearing it up, I mean giving me a heart attack every game that they play. Um, but you know, we're up three two, so. Could be worse, right? We, we we could be down like, like actually we could be down two three. We actually this series could be done. Actually, it, it, we could we could actually be finished with the whole thing. We could have sent them packing, uh, but we are still in a fight with a uh, still in a fight with these fools. And 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 I don't understand why they're playing with them because they're gonna mess around and have the series tied up and have to like do a a uh, a game seven. Game seven. There's no reason that anybody should be going to a game seven with with this team as it is currently constituted. Anyway, so uh, we're just waiting. I, I see Anthony is my Anthony's gonna be my guest today, and I know he's ready. So I'm waiting for him to jump in on the live on the live broadcast, uh, and so we can get started. We're going to talk about a couple of different things. We have uh, Juneteenth to talk about. That's going to be fun. Uh, and we also need to talk about In the Heights. Um, so uh, that is where Anthony comes in, and I'm going to uh, search for Anthony and bring him to the stage if I can. So, you know, Bear with me as I search through uh, technology. <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like an old man when it comes to technology, right? Hayden, no commentary, please. Um, but uh, so here he is. Uh, and sometimes I feel like somebody who is ahead of the curve when it comes to technology. Uh, more often than not, it is the former. Uh, 
Anthony, why can't I bring you up to the stage? This is weird. This is weird. I want to bring Anthony to the stage. And uh, Hayden says too easy. All right. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about because, uh, as with any movie, there is a um, a good side to it, and then there's a bad side to it, and there are people who love it, and there are people who absolutely hate it. Um, and and I am still not able to if he if he. If he is on a device, he can join from the share bar. Uh, all right. So, Anthony, I, I don't know if that helped you. Um, he's already. All right. You're already invited. There we go. Let's see. Bring. Oh, where'd it go? It said bring Anthony to the camera. Here we go. And add. Here we go. Technology is going to be working, I think. And. There we go. Anthony, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Good, I'm good, good. I'm wearing this for you. Oh, God. I'm just going to say that I'm just going to... Even though this is a New York Giants hat, you know the symbol. I know the symbol. I know the symbol. They are in first place, so I don't want to hear shit about anything. Um, so... I can still, I, no, no, no. I can still talk crap about them in first place. You can. You can. But they are still gonna snap back at you. <laughs> They're still a crappy organization. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, it is going well. It is going well. It summer is in full swing. Uh, the kitties are home and uh, clamoring for something to do, which means that uh, it is time to send them to camp. <laughs> I, I can't guarantee that you won't see my cat flying around here somewhere. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Listen. My cat tries to invade the broadcast all the time, so I, I, I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, so I think I have an idea before we get into this, uh, since we're talking about entertainment. If we're going to ever do a podcast, we need to call it like Greybeards. I mean, I just think that that's something we should probably do. <laughs> lean into it, right? Lean, lean it, it's all there. So, but, here, but here's the thing, look. All black. <laughs> not one gray hair up there. It's, it's well, ridiculous one for me but <laughs> it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous uh but don't 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 sleep on that idea I, there's something that i have coming down the pike that that we got to talk about all, all right. right so uh to reset the room just a little bit using clubhouse terminology um there is a new movie out called in the heights in the heights is the uh anthony you're shaking your head already i just said the name of the movie <laughs> you can't play your hand that you can't show your hand that quickly i'm sorry <laughs> So the movie is a cinematic representation of a theater play that was put on by Lin-Manuel. Um, and uh, the play won four Tonys, I think it was, uh, when it was on Broadway. I happen to have seen the play as well. Um, and it is a conversation about, well, the, the, it's a depiction of a neighborhood in New York City, for those of you who are not from New York City, uh, in Manhattan. So in the Heights is Washington Heights uh, that they're referring to, and that's a neighborhood in Manhattan. So for those of you who think Harlem is the top of Manhattan, Harlem is not the top of Manhattan. There's, there's plenty of neighborhoods on top of Harlem before you get to the Bronx, right? So 
Um, so it's a it's a part love story. It's a part of a, a, a you know an ode to that neighborhood, uh, and uh, and it is a musical, right? So um, I've been waiting to see the the cinematic representation of this play. Uh, I happen to love the soundtrack. I, I, I I'm I'm a stand for Lynn Miranda. So Lynn, Lynn Manuel. So I'm 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 I've been waiting to see this. Uh, so the movie comes out, and um, and immediately uh, comes under fire for uh, a couple of different things. And I, I'm not going to uh, slight or I'm not going to 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 taint anybody's for those of you who have not seen it uh but there the storyline is about a young woman who goes away from the neighborhood comes back to the neighborhood it's a little there's a conversation about uh gentrification in the neighborhood um there are representations of what it looks like to have a summer in the inner city it talks about one particular summer where there was a blackout and what people do during a blackout so there are a couple of different things going around but the thing that everybody is talking about, especially people from the Latino community, is the colorism that is quite apparent in, in the movie. Um, so none of the leads, let me rephrase that, none of the Latino leads are dark-skinned Afro-Latino character uh, actors. Uh, they're all light-skinned Latino, um, Latino actors. And there's a big hubbub of, where are the Black people in the movie? Like, why are there no black representations in the movie? And for, to their credit, some of the people behind the movie have tried to answer questions about this, and they're all messing it up. <laughs> they're all giving bad answers. And, um, and so I wanted to come in and, and talk a little bit about that. And then I talked to my wife about what I was going to be saying. I was like, well, you don't have a framework to talk about this. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm black, and, and he was like, yes, but you are not a dark-skinned black person, and you don't know what it feels like to have those. You know, you didn't grow up with that. That that uh, that you don't. You didn't grow up with having to deal with and navigate those waters. And I'm like, didn't I? And and she was like, no, you didn't. And so we had a whole conversation about this stuff, and I was like, maybe I can't talk about this by myself. This and so, huh? This is why she's your better half. Uh, well, no, that's not the only reason. Like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't take less. It doesn't take much to be my better half, right? So, okay. so, um, so I, I reached out to the one person that I know that will be able to give me a really conscientious uh, conversation about the movie, uh, and that's you. Um, and so, let's let's just dive right into it. When you watched it, so first of all, did you see the the, uh, the stage play? I did not see the stage play. Uh, okay. I, I think I was I was in Syracuse when that when it was like popular in New York City, so I didn't ever really got a chance to do it. Uh, but I did see the movie. Okay. So. I, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't about to say that I was too young to see the stage play and I would have ended this call no. right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> so what are, when you watch the movie, what were your impressions? Well, let me let me just take a step back. Um, okay. When I saw the trailer, I knew they were in trouble. Okay. <laughs> so, and I think that a lot of us raised that issue when the trailer came out. Um, we would, I was just like, this is not gonna, this is not gonna end well. Um, but I wanna kinda just start by saying that the story itself 
the movie itself, the play, whatever, is actually pretty good. You know what I mean? This isn't one of those uh, stories that are cheesy or not. We're not talking out of, about a bad story or, or, or a bad screen play or, or whatever, a play. Um, it's, it's, it's good. The music is catchy. The themes are what they are. Um, I've lived in Washington Heights for a few years, so I get the, the need to represent that area. It's a, it's a really a beautiful place. Um, however, um, the one thing that you'll know in living in Washington Heights is there are a lot of, there are a lot of black people. There are a lot of Afro-Latinos. Yeah, now, of course, you know, quoting Rita Moreno, we come in all colors. Um, right. I will say that, yes, that's true, but there's only usually one or two colors that are represented and they're not black. Okay. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that, about uh, Rita and, and saying that, you know, we should wait. Um, so, like, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, ba yeah, basically she said the Negroes need to wait. But anyway, so. Um... <laughs> she did, I mean. Not, and not so many words. And again, this is my point where everybody who's talking about this movie and trying to just saying the absolute worst things. And like, and these are good uh, intention people. Public relations worst nightmare right now. Oh, oh, oh my they, <laughs> So they can just tell everybody, stop talking. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. talking. Stop. I think stop. the one the, the one piece the, the one piece of press around this that I that I saw was Lynn came out and said, um, we hope that this was going to be a representation for everybody. We got it wrong, and we're sorry. Yeah. Well, I'll get into that. What I will say is, is that, um, and I, a part of me hates to say this, but this was a a project that was presented to white folks to make the neighborhood look good. This was I felt like this was for white folks, to be quite honest with you. Um, taking nothing away from the music, because the music was good, the storyline was good, but this was a presentation to say, hey, we want to have something like rich white Asians. We want something like our Black Panther, but for Latinos, all right? And we're gonna do it in this specific way. And yet the answer we get about representation is, well, there's black people in the film, they're dancing. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so maybe Graffiti Pete, is that what's his name? He might yeah. have been one of the few people, maybe he had one or two lines or whatever. And I think a lot of people look at the Afro-Latino community as if, why are you making such a big fuss? This is our movie. And of course there were, you were represented. And our point has always been, but we're not represented in the main characters. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm not taking anything away. And I forgot his name, the African-American who was, uh, who played the lead. He did a great yeah. job. No issues with that. And there should be a black person in right. <laughs> in Washington Heights. There should be an African American. But there should also be tons of black Latinos who are interwoven into the main plot. You know what I mean? And that's and that's what the issue is. You know what I mean? All of a sudden we have all these, you know, I'm gonna just say it, all these light light skinned Latinos who are are in this depiction and it's like, okay, but where do you see yourself? Okay, and that is a lot, that is the question that a lot of us have in any media, okay? Right. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. The only time I've ever seen myself is with um, Into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. The only time that I can actually say that I saw a black 
character, main character, walking through the streets of Brooklyn, mind you, speaking Spanish. It does not happen in the mainstream, okay? And of course, that's lauded as groundbreaking. Uh, and for us, that's like, that's every day. That's not necessarily groundbreaking. That's like every day. And we see it and we love it. But now we have our quote unquote Black Panther. <laughs> and you right. can't give right. us one, just one character? You know what I mean? Well, let, the, let, let, me, let me come back to that. So as you are watching it, the, 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 the Benny character, um, uh, you know, the one who is working in the, in the, the taxi dispatcher, that doesn't ring to you as a uh, as representation. That's a African American, not an Afro Latino. Is that is that how I'm reading it? Now, yes and yes and no. Okay, so yes, it is good to see the Benny character, and I'm glad he was black because there are black people in Washington Heights. You know awesome. what I mean? Right. What I'm saying is, it would be ha now you could have made Benny Afro Latino too, but it was mm -hmm. understood African American. I have no problem with Benny. Okay, um, it's just a matter of couldn't the grandmother be black? Couldn't like Jimmy Smith's character be black or whatever? Or 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 the girl? It didn't have to be the t now. Here's now here's where I'm saying it didn't have to be the token black guy and the rest of light skinned Latinos. It didn't have to be that way. Why right. is it one token black person who doesn't speak Spanish or dance salsa? You know what I mean? But then the rest of them are light skinned. Okay, where 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 is me? Because yeah, I have black friends. I, I have people who are interconnected into my world. <laughs> I, I have people interconnected into my world that do different things. You know what I mean? So I would never really want to walk into a place like, you know, that and say I represent all African-Americans. I don't do that correctly because I'm not African-American. And I wouldn't expect an African-American to say that I represent Afro-Latinos when that's not really the case, even though we are pretty much the same, you know what I mean? But it's just the nuance. And this is what we're really talking about. We're talking about nuances. Yeah. You're trying to get it right, but there's certain nuances. And, and the Benny character comes across as pandering, saying, look, you have a black character. Okay. okay. And, and, and in the play, his, his blackness is part of the storyline. The reason that he can't date the owner of the, of the taxi but cab company. See, that, see, the thing is, that's fascinating. And you yes. didn't see that in the movie. No, you, you know didn't. They didn't. They didn't delve into that. That that that's. The, I would have loved to see that, and I would have loved to have again more sort of blackness within the Dominican culture, because this is Washington Heights is a Dominican community, okay. So, and I think that's the other thing that's bothering folks is, and no no shade to my Puerto Rican folks, or to the Cuban representation or anybody else, but this is a Dominican community, all right. And the fact that you don't really recognize it as a Dominican community is another issue. And I don't really speak to that because I'm not Dominican, but I know that there are a lot of angry Dominicans out there who are saying this isn't representative of us. Um, so, and that's really the point. So there are a couple of things that I want to jump, that I want to throw at you. So number one, uh, Lin-Manuel tries to add some of the, the blackness into maybe some lyrics. Uh, there's a 
uh, a line in the in the beauty shop where it says that we survived the slave ships, we survived this and all the rest of that stuff. Um, so like there was efforts there to try to really make sure that we are grounded in the African nature of the community as well. The other piece is that, and you've done a really good job of this, is that it's a there is a way to criticize without tearing down. And a lot of people are in the process of trying to tear this down, right? And it happened with, it happened with Black Panther as well. Like, oh, you know, this is not a, re a good representation of this, that, and the other, and yada, yada, yada. And so people want to tear stuff down um, when it's like, it, it, you know, this is one aspect of it. And as was, as, as is seen, I think Black Panther opened up a, a lot of conversations about some other things as well and opened up some doors for other stories to be told. Which brings me to my final point. Is there a, is there a way to look at this as this is, a story about Washington Heights, not the story about Latino culture. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely look at that. And listen, I, I think the, the, the tearing down is because folks are angry. And you have, to, you have to understand this. When it comes to representation, a lot of folks have been really angry and it's been such a long time. You know what I mean? So if you're going to represent a particular neighborhood, yes, you better get it right because you will get criticized. And I think criticism is, is a part of it. What I don't like is how people say, oh, but why do you have to criticize? Why do you have to tear it down? You know, you're, you're bringing down the Latino culture. Actually, no. What's bringing down the Latino culture is the fact that you are maintaining the status quo that was set upon by Univision and Telemundo to only have Black folks play maids or lesser. You know what I mean? So to maintain that, you're not, you're not helping. And to say, well, you know, we don't really see ourselves on the screen and, you know, you'll get your chance. That's bullshit. Because that's yeah. not true. Because you got folks in, in South America and the Caribbean who's still waiting for their chance. You know what I mean? So that, that's a part of that. So um, this is one, yes, this is one story. This is one story that, you know, obviously will go down as, uh, we'll, we'll see how history really plays this out. You know what I mean? Will people love the story, you know, love the movie for what it is. I mean, we, we, we know the criticism now, but we'll, we'll see later. Um, will it turn into a West Side Story? You know what I mean? In which people love it, but they're also like, yeah, but you know, them white folks were broad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it really depends. What I will say is that there is representation out there, but people fight hard for it. If you've seen Vampires versus the Bronx, that is a perfect representation of what not only the Bronx is, but for what the community looks like. You know, so you have dark-skinned Latinos, you have Haitians, you have black people, um, you have white people, you know, you have a lot of uh, representation in a movie like that. But of course, no one really talks about it because it was on Netflix and who really cares? It's not Lin-Manuel, you know what I mean? And I, and I think that that's the point, um, is that we, are, we expect somebody like Lin to get it to right get off. Right off. We, we expect people, people be here. You know what I mean? And that, that's not always going to happen. You know, so I'm not surprised about it. Am I disappointed? Yes. My final point has to has a lot to do with the background. You know, the showrunners, the casting directors, the directors who make these final decisions. And when you go out there, and I don't know if you've seen the, the interview with The Root, but if you go out there, all right, and you ask someone about this and your response is one well that's a great conversation to have okay we're having that conversation. 
too, if they say, well, you know, there were a lot of Latinos who, you know, who went for the role, but they just didn't get it. You know what I mean? Because I feel that the director, and this is them speaking, not me, I feel that the director really picked those who embody the roles. What does that mean? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> When you say stuff like that, you are perpetuating white supremacy. And when we say stuff like that, then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why has it got to be this? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's really a matter of being conscious of one. If you're going to make any movie, if you're going to make a presentation, you know, I'm also speaking to my ACY folks. If you're making a presentation, a movie, you're making anything that has to do with a neighborhood that is a particular way, then you need to make sure that you include all those aspects. You know what it's I mean? Like, that that includes everything. If look, like, if we make a movie about gangbangers in LA, you know you're gonna see Mexicans. You know you are, that's okay. I'm not going to a movie based in LA expecting to see Puerto Ricans. I'm just not. But if you make a movie about Washington Heights, Spanish Harlem, the Bronx, then you need to get it right. That's just the way it is. And the the fact is is that the industry really wants to dictate, well, if we have a certain amount of black people, we can't really market it in other countries. Who cares? Yeah. You, yeah. you can sit there and make a holiday for Juneteenth and take away our voting rights and still not represent us. I'm sorry, I had to get all that in. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the second part of the, the show, man. Stop jumping through my show notes. <laughs> well, random thoughts, you know that. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. So, here, so here's the thing. And, uh, you know, my wife said this too as well. Um, I think Lynn got to the point where he thinks that um, look, I'm the person who cast George Washington and Thomas Jefferson as black men, right? And so uh, I, I've, I've got to, I've, people are going to cut me some slack, going to cut me a pass. Um, and I think that there, there, there was a, uh, and, and he, he probably went through what I went through, right? When I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh my God, there were black people everywhere, right? I did a job, a good job of putting black people everywhere, but didn't so he saw a, a, an opportunity to put black people into the film and make sure that they were present and they were seen but did not but miss the point where he says latinos come in all different colors and, and shapes and stuff like that and again as, as i don't know if you know this but this is lynn's story this is the story of him and his wife right um i know i know i'm not making excuses no i didn't know that no i'm not saying yeah. that yeah. i know that yeah, this is the story of him and his wife, right? This is his love story. And so when, when you do that and you are personally invested in that story, you tend to like, all right, this is how I see this person and stuff like that. And you have blind spots. And the one thing about blind spots is that you don't know you have blind spots. That's why they're called blind spots. But to your point, the showrunners and everybody else in the show should have been, that's where you surround yourself with people who are able to show who, where, where your blind spots are as well. So funny you say that because I feel like you made a point without realizing you made a point in the sense of this is about his, this is his story in his life and all the black people are just in the background. You know what I mean? They're in the background. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into like, yeah, they're in the background shucking and jiving, but I'm saying they're in the background. So they don't really, he, he has, <laughs> if we really want to break this down, he has like that one black friend, you know what I mean? And then everybody else is just, you know, is background noise. And, and that is the point of representation. That is the point that we're saying is we are background to you. You know what I mean? But meanwhile, you go in a bodega 
you know what I mean? A real bodega, right? And I guarantee you over half of the people in there are darker than you. And I'm yeah. talking to you because they're probably your shade. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, and, that's what, and that's how it is. And I would say the same thing about any, any filming in Harlem, which is why when you see stuff like um, Luke Cage, that's real. In fact, Luke Cage was filmed in Washington Heights. But, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, there were points exactly. A black show that was filmed in Washington Heights, and I will guarantee you, most of those people on the screen were darker than you and I. Yeah. And this yeah. is what you have to be able to, if you're if you're uh, scouts, like uh, there's location scouts. If you're a location scout, you know not only are you locating like what's a good good shot to see, but you also have to keep in mind of who's in the neighborhood. You know. Um, and I mean, and it, it's important. And I think at this point, there are a lot of angry folks and you have to listen to them. Take aside the anger. Stop saying, oh, you know, I feel these criticisms are misguided or misplaced. Stop saying that. You know, listen to what people are saying. People are angry and they will continue to be angry and they need to have their voice listened to. Very simple. Yeah, and I think Lynn is uh, recognizing that. Lynn's yeah. got that. Yes. Everybody else needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> yes. Including, including Rita Moreno. Okay. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had already apologized. She came in after the apology and said what she said. She didn't have to do that. And when this is the thing is people feel like you, you've seen that meme of the guy who's like in the classroom, like, mm, that's basically a lot of these white Latinos. And it's like, I need to say something. No. Don't say anything. He apologized. Move on from there. Because what happens is, is the more you say stuff, the more gasoline is, is, is poured on the situation. And you all look bad. All of you. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we talked about well, how history will, will record this. Um, do you see this as a stepping stone to more stories about Latin culture? Um, do, do you people do you think that people are going to give Lynn another chance to of tell course. more stories? Of course they're going to give This is the man that created Hamilton. Right, right. now, this man cannot do any wrong. Look, there is nobody in Hollywood that's never had a flop. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this is a flop, even though a lot of people are saying it is. And I think people are really not paying attention that we're still living in COVID times. You know what I mean? People are still choosing to either not see the movie um, in person because they can do it on HBO and then there's the controversy. But let me tell you something. If it made $11 million, you can't say it's because of the, it's because of the Afro-Latinos. There's a whole other section of, of this country that either wasn't either marketed well or maybe they just don't want to see Latinos. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, that being said, I think this is a stepping stone. You know what I mean? I would like to see movies that people are not singing in, you know, maybe have a real sort of uh, just a regular movie <laughs> with regular folks instead of something sensational. But I think that will come. I'm not gonna say people need to wait. I think that there are a lot of, a lot of creators like myself, like you, who are creating materials to sort of establish our story. And if our story get picked or not, it doesn't really matter. There are tons of stories out there and people need to start recognizing that. And so that brings me to the next question. There was a tweet talking about the fact that um, I, I think it was off the Moreno thing. It was like, well, no, no, no. It, it was off the commentary. Somebody made a, a comment. It's like, well, if you want those stories that involve 
you know, Latinos who are of darker skin. And and this is another piece, right? Because a lot of people talk about there were no Afro-Latinos in, in the in the conversation in the in the movie. And I'm like, yeah, they were. They weren't dark skinned Afro-Latinos in the movie. Right. And right. and that's another nuanced categorization that people like throw shade on people. Like if you're not a, if you're not a dark skinned Afro-Latina that or, or a Latino that you don't that, right. that, that you don't get to wear that label, right? Like, I, I, we, my, we, we, yeah, that label, that label, it really depends. And and I don't, I try not to shade anyone about, you know, oh, well, you're a light skinned Afro Latina. I, that doesn't, you have to understand in terms of representation, it's the same thing with the black community. Okay. Yeah. You've got your, you got your people who are really dark, and then you got your Drakes, and then you got those, you know, what's the representation like? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if Black Panther was filled with people who look like Drake, this they, they would have burnt it down. Burnt it down. They would have burnt, <laughs> burnt it down. <laughs> but you had Black in the movie theaters. <laughs> so the the the, the light the light skin dark skin thing is universal in every. Yes. You know what I mean? So and that's just the way it's going to be. But it comes down to the fact that you can still represent folks by just having different shades. We have seen in a lot of representation of Latinos that people want their women to look like Catherine Zeta-Jones. They want their people, their guys to look like Mark Anthony, who was in the film, by the way. You know what I mean? They want both. <laughs> he plays a great That character. gave me such joy. That gave me such joy. You're <laughs> yeah. sitting there in the movie looking at the TV and he's thinking like, Benifer's a thing again? Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> right, oh, so. God. Colorism, colorism is a thing in every community. You know what I mean? So I try not to play too much into it because I know that I'm not as dark as other folks, but I'm also darker than other folks. Where do I fall in the spectrum? It'll be crazy and I don't, I don't really get into it, but I still feel that if you did your representation correctly, we would not be having this discussion. This is true. Um, and so the, the comment that, uh, on the tweet was that uh, there was a comment that somebody made was like, well, um, if you want to see these stories involving darker skinned uh, Latino, you need to write them. And the, somebody tweeted, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've got a timeline full of people who have written projects that got denied, right? So, like, saying that there are no projects out there for dark skin, like, it, first of all, mm. that there needs to be a specific project that mm. is right for Afro-Latino stu um, Afro like students, you hear me, right? Mm. Uh, Afro-Latino um, actors is in and of itself mm. uh, laced with bias. But mm -hmm. also, there is nothing to say that a project that, that calls, for an, uh, uh, calls for a Latino character or is written for Latinos can't just cast somebody who has mm. darker skin, right? And, and Absolutely, absolutely. And let me let me tell you something. I, I balk at someone saying, well, if you want to see a story, write it. Okay, well, guess what? I wrote two books. Did you read them? Probably not. Why? Because one, it's self-published because it's so hard to get your stories out there. The th right, exactly. So my thing is, the stories are there. You just choose not to f look for them. You know what I mean? It go it's the same thing when it comes to this whole uh, this whole thing with comic books and how there are a bunch of comic books from independent creators who are written solely for the black and latino community but people are like, "Oh, well that's that's not real. That's not Marvel or DC." So you need to pick a lane. If you're going right. to tell us you need to write stories, then you need to look for them because they are out there and they're plentiful. And if anybody needs a list, I can provide you a list of Afro-Latino authors who are out there killing it. You've probably never heard of them. 
Absolutely. It's starting with you, right? I've read both <laughs> your books. And Thank I'm you. waiting for the third one, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you, yeah. Up, could you hurry up and read, write the third one so I could read that? Like, yes, sir. I, so if there's, if there's any, any added pressure you need, I have stopped reading until I could read your third book. Oh. So you're holding up me reading every yeah. other tome. <laughs> no, at this point, I'm going to put a character in there who's a photographer, and he might meet his demise. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's rude. I know. That's plain rude. You got 10 minutes? I do. Because I want to, took, we took up all the time talking about In the Heights, but I do want to get to the Juneteenth thing, um, uh, which is uh, one of the really interesting things that have come out of the, uh, I guess, the BLM movement, the whole uh, movement that, that started over the, it's hard to say it started over the summer, but that came to a head over the summer, right? Um, last summer. So last summer, for those of you who are listening and who are not familiar with this, with this uh, the whole thing, Juneteenth is a holiday that celebrates uh, the fact that slaves in the South did not know they were, were free until 18, 19 months later after the Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence uh, was signed in 1863 and people showed up in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to be like, uh, y'all know y'all free, right? And they're like, nah, sir, <laughs> right? So. I think you mean the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, what? Yeah, I think you mean the Emancipation Proclamation. What'd I say? Independence, you said. Declaration of Independence, <laughs> right. The Emancipation Proclamation, yes, sorry. Um, and so uh, the holiday, the, the people showed up in Galveston, Texas on June 19th, and that day became known as Juneteenth. Uh, the holiday was celebrated um, mostly in the South um, and, and, and vigorously in Texas. Uh, and so it started spreading all throughout the, uh, all throughout the, the, the country and it was known as Independ Emancipation Day, the other, other, a Liberation Day, there are a whole bunch of other names for the holiday. Mm -hmm. Last year, uh, it came to a fore because it was in the middle of all the George Floyd protests and Juneteenth became a big thing. Like, you're gonna give us Juneteenth off and you know, yada, yada, yada. And so a lot of companies uh, did a lot of Juneteenth uh, promotions. And then we had a lot of uh, legislators giving the day off for their particular states. And so, uh, you know, it started getting a real, a lot of momentum. Yep. Uh, on Tuesday, the Senate passed Juneteenth as an official federal holiday. Unanimous. Uh, and uh, so, I, I, it, it, and it rubbed, so there were a whole bunch of people who were like, oh my God, this is great. And then there were a whole bunch of people go, oh my God, we never asked for this. Right? <laughs> we, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> we had to, listen. I remember the, the lobbying effort that it took to get Martin Luther King a federal holiday. Like, and still there are states that won't give it off, right? And, and so, like, for Juneteenth to become a federal holiday was mind-blowing. I'm like, where did this come from? Um, but it is really a, a, a real gaslighting uh, when you look at the fact that in the same in the same breath that this country is celebrating or saying that you, we're going to give you a day off for Juneteenth, that they're in the process of making voter suppression legal in 
uh, like five or six states, you know, uh, across the South. And, and at the same time, uh, people are trying to remove um, uh, critical race theory from educational process. So again, I saw a tweet that said, um, so you're going to give us a holiday for Juneteenth and then tell people that you can't teach people why Juneteenth exists? Like, it's like, there's so much cognitive dissonance. Uh, so talk to talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that, and then there's a, a then there's a piece that I, I, there's a wrinkle that I, I think is going to be interesting. But talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that. I think it's all performative, to be quite honest with you. I think this is what this is something that this country does. You know, is we're going to give you a piece of something so that you don't really pay attention to what else to, to what's really going on. So yes, we'll give you this day off, assuming the state that you live in is going to give you the day off. Um, we're going to let you celebrate this stuff, but we're going to take your voting rights away from you. And we're going to basically take away the ability to have any type of critical race theory. Um, it's, it's, it's performative. That's what it is. And it was performative when it was MLK too. I mean, um, I'm, the only thing I'm happy about is having a day off in June. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> You know, so one month they didn't have any federal holidays, right? <laughs> all seriousness, I mean, it's it is absolutely performative. I don't think it's going to teach any anything new to folks who didn't know what Juneteenth was. I think they'll be like, oh, great, another black holiday, you know what I mean, or or something like that. I, I, to to be able to to give you the holiday and not be able to teach you in certain states why the holiday exists is ridiculous. So I'm I'm with you on that. The, the interesting thing about critical race theory is like, wait a minute, they're teaching critical race theory in high schools and, and elementary schools now? Y'all have no were. idea what critical race theory is, do you? No. Like, <laughs> like you have no clue what you're talking about. Like, but the, the, the critical race theory has now been the buzzword for teaching white people about blackness, right? And, and teaching, and teaching uh, um, uh, dominant culture about the way this country came to be. And, and that's what is so scary. There's an old saying that this country is so based on bias and racism that when you teach equality, you're, you become, you sound un-American, right? So it's, it's so deeply ingrained. Um, the, the, the wrinkle now comes with this, right? So when you see, um, and, and you know, people who are part of these cultures, uh, complain about this all the time. When you see people putting on a sombrero for Cinco de Mayo and drinking it up because that's their, you know, that's their day off. Or when you see people going skiing on Martin Luther King Day, right, because they have a holiday off. Now you're going to start seeing people who are not part of the culture and who are not supportive of the culture because they have a day off having Juneteenth ceremonies or celebrations that have nothing to do with the Black experience. And so now you, you see the co-opting of the culture because they have a day off, right? And a day off in the summer. It's not like MLK where you kind of like have to, you pick one or two, you know, kind of things. It's a day off in the middle of the summer. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out because now you're going to see people who didn't support you before, but are happy to take this day off and go do something in your in your honor. So, what are your so, thoughts on that? This is what I <laughs> I think this might be like the 
a big like barbecue holiday. I know like it's like Memorial Day and stuff like yeah. that. Which yeah. the last few Memorial Days have been crappy because of the weather, but this like is a June day. Um, so I, I can imagine like it being marketed as, oh, celebrate your June, your Juneteenth with like uh, Uncle Bob's barbecue sauce or, or, or yes. whatever. You know what I mean? And they, got, and they got a special black, green, and uh, uh, red, black, and green label for their barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, people are going to find a way to commercialize this in ways that it was not intended. But I think in reality, I think what worries me is we as uh, the black and brown will probably use this day to probably either like do sit-ins or protest and those things will be used against us. You know, oh, look at BLM. They're being, you know, look at Antifa. They're being there and they're disturbing, they're disturbing the, the peace by trying to, you know, overthrow the country even though, you know, January 6th, but whatever. Um, right. So that's what I see. I see two sides of it. I see the highly, the commercialization is not going to happen right away. It's not. It's going to take one thing like a barbecue sauce or, you know, Wendy's is going to come up with like some sort of Juneteenth burger or, or something ridiculous. And then it's going to jump off from there. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, they, they're going to have to take, take down their pride logo for one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and put up a Juneteenth look. Oh, it's gonna be a big battle. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh wait, it's so we can yeah, do both. We can absolutely do both, folks. We can, like half half the logo is a rainbow flag, pride. and the other half is red, black, and green. <laughs> we, we celebrate Pride and Juneteenth, folks. We can absolutely do that. Okay. <laughs> you know these companies can't chew gum and walk at the same time. You know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's that's what I think is coming down the pike. It's gonna be really interesting. This year it happened like three days or four days before the actual celebration. So I don't see a lot of like rhetoric around it and stuff like that. But next year, well, when Biden, it is not when Biden, it is not on a Sunday. Biden Biden will probably sign it before Saturday because the House the House just uh, approved it as well. There were 14 senators who were like, nah. But I mean, they they still lost anyway. But Biden is coming back from his trip. He probably will sign it tomorrow, and then Saturday is going to be some sort of great thing. I don't know. Can you imagine? And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but can you imagine if they put like an African flag up on the White House? That shit would be hilarious. Hilarious. Yo. <laughs> And have George and to have George Clinton come in and sing the Black National Anthem. <laughs> he was like, or, or, or sing "Turn the White House Black." You remember that song? <laughs> that. Oh God! I, I I I think people would jump. Civil rights leaders would jump up out of their graves talking about what the high holy hell is happening. <laughs> but. I think what's really going to be the test of this is like when it is not on a on a holiday, when it's not on a weekend, and uh, and and you're looking at your employer talking about, you know, I'm not coming to work on Monday, right? And so, and seeing how that plays out, but it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting um, because I I unlike you think that the commercialization is right around the corner. Okay. I I, I think that within sure. within a year next year. We're gonna see uh, Juneteenth car sales, uh, <laughs> God. And, and and somebody's gonna have a, a serious. All the black cars gotta go. All the black cars gotta go. <laughs> and, 
somebody's going to have a serious faux pas and show up on one of the commercials wearing a Kente cloth hat, and it's good. they're going to burn down the damn oh. dealership. Like, I see it happening now. Nadine, Nadine says that it's already happening. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I see somebody making a major misstep by next year. Mark my words. Mark my words. It's all coming. They're going to have, like, a, a, a Juneteenth. You know how sitcoms have these special episodes? They yes, yes. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's not going to take that long. Anyway, Anthony... We are over time, but it has been a pleasure to talk well, with you. I'm out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of time. Gotta go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I, I know that uh, you have a job that's far more important than mine. And, uh, <laughs> and so I know that this is a, a real break in your schedule, but thank you so much. Um, your insight has been valuable. Uh, to everybody else, this has been The Greenhouse Effect. You can catch the replay on, on Spotify and, uh, and sometimes on, on YouTube when I get around to actually uploading it on YouTube. Um, but this is uh, every week at Thursday at noon. It's the Greenhouse Effect. Go out and be warm to another human. See ya. Peace out.